Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. Edward Jones Financial Advisors Todd Nash in Coralville, Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, and Jeff Rudolph, Kelly Barta, Adela Hunter, and Scott McGill in Iowa City understand this. For all of your investment needs, visit edwardjones.com or call and stop by an office. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, so I'm making no promises for this podcast because I can tell that I am dragging and Ryan looks like he is dragging as well. So this episode of the Seven Nation podcast, you may need coffee to get through it because I'm certainly, <laughs> I'm certainly <laughs> pounding down coffee, Ryan. It's, uh, we're, we've made it to February and it's been a long winter already. And, and Punks and Tony Phil saw his shadow, so we have to buckle up for six more weeks. Yeah, we've we've reached the point of winter where I'm out covering games on Saturday, and Rob's texting me wondering how many how many cups of coffee, <laughs> or, or is tweeting at me wondering how many cups of coffee I've had to to get to 11 a.m. That's that's truly where we're at, and that was still at the end of January when when that happened. That was Saturday, and uh, it's Rob. You are right. I'm ready to go, um, but it's taken me longer each day to get ready to go. I'll put it like that. <laughs> We're, we're and it's not I need to fix that because like I said last week on the pod that this is becoming the busiest time of the year one of the busiest times of the year for for your prep sports and I have a lot going on with that and I have a lot going on in the rest of my life so I'll leave it at that but yeah this is not my first cup of coffee today so hopefully this perks people up um, the we, we now have a picture of what the postseason is going to look like for boys basketball. And uh, we decided today, um, again, uneven season. Some, you know, some of the Iowa City public schools are in quarantine or shut down right now. And we're, you know, getting some games in, some games aren't being played, postponed, what have you. Um, I think looking ahead to the postseason and, and um, you know, that's what every, everybody's moving to get to that postseason anyway. So maybe getting some thoughts from Ryan on uh, what these draws look like for our schools here in the coverage area. Um, let's start with 4A, Ryan, and just kind of go down from there uh, class-wise. Uh, class 4A, I thought it was kind of cool. The, the state did break up the three Iowa City schools, so they'll be in their own uh, separate. Are these pods? Are we doing pods like football, or are these just okay. sub-states? Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is I gotta I I I, use, I when I started here after coming I don't from know what the terminology is terminology. Yeah, I'll break it. I'll break it down. <laughs> I'll break it down. So I, I seriously had the cheat sheet hanging on my like pinned to my cubicle when I worked the press citizen when I came here because in Nebraska they were all they were called something totally different, which I'm not even going to say what they were. If I I don't think I remember, but. Um, if I say it, it'll mess me all up again. So the girls and you, the girls union, they're regionals. They're all regionals. You're in one regional. You don't go from a regional to anything else. You're, it's just a regional. For boys, 1A and 2A play are in districts. You know, they've released the district seating. There's 16 districts. And the winner of each 16 districts plays another district winner in a sub-state final to go to the state tournament. And in 3A and 4A, you're just in a sub-state. All right? So, and then in wrestling, we have sectionals. 
<laughs> this weekend. But I'm not even gonna. I shouldn't even bring that up because it's just one more. It's just one more term. So you have yeah. districts and districts to substate is how it goes in the smaller classes. So can everybody just get together and call these things the same thing, so we all know what's going on and not make this that much more difficult? Or is is that part of the is that part I, of the deal? I I wish. I mean, and, and part of it is I've got it down now. Like I really do. I somebody will call me on this. I'm sure, and, and I would I would actually I would I would just laugh. I wouldn't be mad, but I don't know the last time I, for basketball I've, I've got it down. But there's two types of people. There's the people that are like like correcting. They're like that's actually you know if you're talking about girls, they're the regional. And then there's the people that just don't care. <laughs> they're just like they're you know I mean. And what I always say to my wife is because she she cares about what I do, bless her heart, but she's not trying to learn the terminology. So I say it like this, or I write it, you know, substate. The confusing thing is the, the game, the second game before you go to state, which is what I was, which is how I describe it to my wife. Like when I'm walking out the door, she's like, where are you going in a couple weeks? Where are you going tonight? I'm like, oh, I'm going, you know, to city high. Oh, is this, you know, what game is this? And instead of saying like, or I guess for this, it would be for the smaller school. So I'm going to Regina. What game is this? I'm like, this is, they have to win this and then two more to go to state. That's how I have to explain it to my wife. She's like, just let me know when they're playing the games to go to state, basically. Like, because what gets confusing for people, Rob, truthfully, even when you write it, is when you say district finals, which is what they are, but that's, think that's district going... final is not a game to go to state. That's right. a game to go to a sub-state. And, that's and confusing. That, it is. Truly, if they were going to change something, that's what – you know, that's what I wish they would change the terminology on because that is, you know, I mean, for girls and girls, you know, is a week ahead or, or whatever it is, you know, the postseason because their state tournament is first. So you're reading regional final, you're seeing celebration pictures. You're like, oh, this team's going to state. And then for boys, you're seeing you know, district final. And that's essentially a postseason semifinal is what it is. You know, winning the district final gets you into the sub-state final. Or you could say the district final is the sub-state semifinal. Exactly. Yes. I hope we. I hope we've confused everybody. Now. It, it is funny the way I the way I phrase it to my wife. She'll just be like, "What game is this?" And I'll be like, "It's they need to win this one and two more. This is like the first of three games they have to win to go to state. It's just how many games you have to win to go to state." Well, in four A, it's just the sub-state. So we'll start there before we go back to confusing people. Um, so in 4A, let's start. We'll go with uh, Class 4A, substate number three, which from a local perspective includes West High. Uh, also in that substate, Johnston, Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, Ottumwa, Cedar Rapids, Prairie, and Linmar. So a little travel involved in that substate. Yeah, and like I, I wrote some on this this week. So if you, you know, I mean, and it's just, it's a lot more observation type thing. So that's on the website um, on your sports.com if you want to look at that, but you, I don't spend, I'll, I'll be, you know, full disclosure. I don't spend a ton of time mapping out the entire state. Um, it, as far as Jeff Linder with the Gazette does that for girls and he does a really good job. Um, I don't spend a ton of time doing that just because it's, it's a, it's a really time consuming thing. If you want to be somewhat accurate and, and you still don't know, um, usually both the boys and girls union do a really good job of separating, um, you know, those top 16 team Rob's 16 teams, Rob, in, in my opinion, you know, getting, 
two teams in a, in a, what would be a sub-state, you know, getting the sub-state final or the, the potential sub-state final. And then a lot of it is based on geography after that, um, you know, the rest of the seeds. But the one you mentioned in 4A, there's all, and it's the same with 5A and girls. There's almost always going to be, you look, if you look at them, and, and I have them all in front of me, um, it, it makes sense. You know, the Sioux City and Council Bluff schools are usually together and they usually draw a central Iowa team, you know, in there as well, because those central Iowa, the, the Des Moines schools all have to go somewhere. Um, and so one of those usually goes out West. One of them comes East, but that's the case this year. You have all the Sioux city um, and council Bluff schools together with Southeast Polk. And then the rest of them are basically, you know, substate two, um, substate seven, substate eight. Those are all, CIML teams. Those are all central Iowa teams, um, you know, because Fort Dodge is in that, Indianola, kind of those, those teams that are um, central Iowa teams, but not necessarily Des Moines or, or suburban Des Moines. There's always one sub, Rob, almost always, that is like the mismatch, the mismatch sub. It, I, I mean, if you go back and look a lot of years and how they get to that, but it's usually a combination of, obviously, you're trying to avoid quad city teams with Des Moines teams as much as possible, but that's that one that you mentioned. That's substrate three this year that has West in it, where you have Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, Linmar, Prairie. So you have that MVC, and then in, in Iowa City West, and then Johnston comes over as the perceived one seed, uh, and then Atumla. You know, and, and Atumla is kind of one of those teams too, where you know they're a little bit one of those outliers where they have to go, they have to go somewhere ge geographically. I mean, so that's the an interesting one. I mean, the objective for people that wonder why, though, I mean, I, a lot of people probably know, though, is that the association, if it just went by geography, you're not going to get maybe the most, right. the eight most deserving teams to Right, play. right. And, and all, I should, Rob and I should say this disclaimer right now. Truthfully, I'm, I mean this. I don't know who, I clearly don't know who the best teams are. You know, nobody does until we play. So don't yeah. – if, if we're saying that, that I think something or Rob thinks something, this is – I'm excited to do this because I haven't done it in the past and I usually don't write this. Uh, you know, it would be more of a column. But to kind of give my opinion on, on how our teams landed and where their um, – what I think about their, their draws or their potential draws after they do – after they announce the seedings. These are – or the pairings and the seedings. These are just the, the assignments or who they're with. But – Rob's exactly right. I mean, they're trying to get the best teams to stay. So they're looking at that going, you know, if you had a, two pods that were quad city teams and, and two pods that were the rest of Eastern Iowa, the MVC teams, and, you know, four hey, pods, three of – These aren't pods, man. These sorry. are substates. Oh, my – Rob, <laughs> you put it in my head at the beginning. I don't think That's I said That's a 15-yard penalty and a loss of down. Man, I – I need to I need to check myself check myself out of this podcast. No, if you if you did it like that, like Rob said, you know, you're not gonna some years it might work out. Right. You know, but but when you the thing they're looking at first, you know, in my opinion, or you know, theoretically, is you know, getting eight one seeds that are, you know, what they think are, you know, some of the eight best teams or the eight best teams or perceived one seeds. So um that being said, I think like it, it and then you know as we it's talk crazy about, too ryan i was looking at this it makes it that much harder for the association you look at this pod just this pod johnston has played seven games cedar rapids kennedy's played 14 right and 
and we can talk more about that. That that was one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about just in this discussion as a whole. So I'll just jump into it right now. This is always hard. Yes. And, and I was going to talk about it in three A, where I had this conversation with coach with several coaches this week uh, after these came out. It's especially hard in three A. And you you have this in two A some and, and in one A some, but three A is the most prevalent class the most prevalent class for this where you have teams in three A. And um, that you have the the central Dewitts that's now in the um, that's now in the MAC, and you have the Xaviers, and you have the Wallerts, and you have the Western Dubuques, where these teams play a pre- predominantly four A schedule, and they're in three A, so they're five hundred. You know they've been yeah. playing the West Highs and the City Highs or whatever, and they're they're five hundred versus another team. You know that that that's four that's they're seven and seven, and another team's fourteen and zero. So what do you do with that? And they used to seed it by record, I think. And now, you know, they have the seeding meetings, which I, th- I think is a good step. Um, you know, you yeah. put some human element into it. These coaches usually know. I know those seeding meetings can be um, difficult sometimes, but I think that's a good step. I think it's a good in theory. But, and again, I'm not putting anybody down. It's, it's just how do you do that? I mean, I was looking at one of these. Uh, I think it's Solon's um, substate, Rob. So in Solon Substate, you have – I know we're skipping around, but I'm just going to bring That's this right. up now. You have Solon, who's 15-1, and one, playing mostly a 3A schedule. You have Central DeWitt, who the last time I looked was 7-7. Seven and seven. They've beaten Solon, given them their only loss. They're in the MAC, so most of their losses are, you know, to 4A schools. They're playing the Davenport Publix. They're playing Pleasant mm-hmm. Valley, Bettendorf, that league. Mm-hmm. So, how do you – and then another potential top seed in there is Monticello, who plays in the RVC with Regina and West Branch, whose schedule is predominantly 2A teams. So, just in that one – and Monticello is very good. I've seen him the last couple of years. I have an idea what they have. I've talked to both the Regina and West Branch coaching staffs about them. I hope to, I hope to watch them uh, at West Branch in a couple of Fridays. But they're very good. That's not me sliding Monticello. But it, that doesn't matter. How do you – what does that mean? What is 15-0 in the RVC? How do you compare that to 7-7 seven and seven versus 4A conference? And that's what, they're, that's what they're up against. I really mean – so in every year, that's difficult. In a year like this, oh, my gosh. I mean, Liberty's 5-1. and one. You know, what do we – you look at Liberty's, Pleasant Valley's 11-3. and three. Yeah. What, what do you do – and these coaches are going to sit in a room and seed this. And I mean, what do you, what do you do? And you, I mean, you mentioned it. Johnston's five and one. Atum was nine and four. And so you get into some of that too, where. And these records can change quite a bit too, right? For the teams that haven't had, for teams that have had games postponed, they can win a bunch of those games and really elevate what they, the resume looks like, or they can lose them or they can split them. So it's still unknown. I think that's one of the hardest things as I looked at this, because I kind of listed them when I, when I sent the, the pairings to Rob, um, rather than just send him the PDF, I, I included the records as of, I think, the 31st, um, or, or just off, you know, quick stats. And I listed them by what I would perceive as the seedings. And I, for some of these, that we, so we can talk about it for discussion's sake, I looked at some head-to-head stuff. But to Rob's point, if you're five and one, and you've beaten somebody head to head, it's pretty, you're, you're like, okay, it's pretty simple. Like they're ahead of them. Right. Well, what if, what if in two weeks they're 
seven and four. I mean, my point is, you know, if you if everybody's played twenty games, you know, sixteen and fourteen, you don't feel like that's that much different than fifteen and five. Well, if you play two games next week, five and one feels a lot different than you know, six and three. So you yeah. go one and two. You're fifteen and five, and you go one and two. You're sixteen and seven. You're like, okay, let's you know, just percentage points. You're six, You're five and one, and you go one and two, and all of a sudden you're six and three. That just looks a lot different. Yep. So these seating media, it's it's a look. It's always a challenge, I, and I really mean that. It's a challenge for the state. It's a challenge for the coaches. Um, and I think by and by, most people go into those meetings um, trying to seed them correctly. Um, it's going to be tough this year, and I'm sure it was tough for the state to to group a lot of these, but that's my little, I don't call it a rant. I just, I'm pointing out to people. And then the other thing too is as we talk about this and I kind of give my opinion on who has a good, who has a good draw, who has a bad draw. Let me just say up front, I, I understand it. Ever, if you're listening to this, your team got a terrible draw. That's what everybody, like every, everybody I talk to, like your team got a terrible draw. The teams they play are the best and everybody else, that's not in your every other sub district is easy. <laughs> it's just yep. the way I feel like it is every year. Um, but kind of think about when you look at it from other teams. And, and I talked like I I'm guilty of this. I co- you know, we cover seven schools. So in three A we cover seven two schools. So I look at Solon and Clear Creek right away, and I'm like, man, they're in some pretty tough sub sub districts. But look at all the other ones because then you look at some other ones and you're like, wow they're all pretty tough sub districts. You know, it's, it's hard to get to state in Iowa with four classes and that's the way that it should be. So we can get back on track now, Rob. No, I think it was good to kind of, uh, you know, explain before analyzing these sub states and districts that it's really difficult this year not only to pair them, but then once they're in these groups, figuring out what's what because of the uneven schedule. And you look, you know, we talked about this before, you know, Johnston, let's go back to the the, uh, sub-state three in class 4A. You know, Johnston, as you said, looks like it's the number one seed at six and one. And then you've got Kennedy at eight and six playing twice as many games, and then Atumwa's played 14 games. Right. And West High's played seven games like Johnston. So how do you measure that? How do you compare that? And, you know. And and another thing to keep in mind, and and I don't know how much this – I don't know what instruction they get or anything like that. That would actually be an interesting conversation to have, you know, if we can get a coach on sometime or something like that. But another thing that I – I don't imagine we'll come into the conversation that much because there's, I'm assuming there's so much of it is the other things that, you know, West branch has played five games in six days. The West right. branch boys since coming off a 20 day layoff without a game. So when you're sitting in that seating meeting, you're, you like, Hey, we lost a game, you know, but it was our fourth game in five days and we hadn't played in three weeks. I mean, or, you know, teams were like, Hey, we didn't have this guy for two weeks. Cause, cause every team in the state has probably felt that, almost some I mean even you know Solon and and Clear Creek knock on wood have played more or less uninterrupted this year well even even Clear Creek you go back to the start you know they had a late 
they had a limited amount of preseason practice because of starting uh, because of you know online classes for a while. Well, you know, two of their three losses were in the first week and a half of the season. So there's just it, it, and, and I'm again I'm not making excuses because almost every team in the state had some sort of interruption or, or unusual circumstance because of the season this year or because we're playing in a pandemic. Right. And so does any of that come into the conversation? I mean, think about that. You're sitting here trying to seed seven teams. You know, a lot of them have played totally different schedules against totally different teams. And that's, that's an annual thing. That happens right. all the time. But like I said, you're sitting in that. You're, you have um, Coach Lambert from Monticello. You have Coach Galpin from Regina. Those two coached against each other for a long time in the RBC. They know each other. Um, you have the coaches from Central DeWitt. You're all sitting there, and Central DeWitt's going, hey, we, we beat you. We play a 4A schedule. You know, we should be here. And, and the other two teams are going, we've got double as much, double the number of wins that you guys have. It's just, it's always challenging, and it's going to be extra challenging this year. But looking I mean, at this, looking at this, kind of, this sub state, though, Ryan, with the information we have available to us, what does this look like, like from West High's perspective? For, that's one of the most interesting ones. And the other thing I should say, Rob, is when I look at, when I, as, as a media person, not a parent, not a coach, not a player, when I look at, like, what's a good draw, I'm always looking based on where our teams sit when they come out, for example. So, it's to me, it's, it's not always getting to state. It's getting to a – getting, and I'm like this in all sports. It's getting to a, the game to go to state. I was going to say, it, so which would be a sub-state final. So I'm saying it correctly. It's getting to a sub-state final, or in girls, a regional final. Because as you know, and this is going to sound like a very cliched thing to say, as you know, when you get to that game, things happen. And that's, that's the honest – I mean, it's the same in – you know, it's, if you watch a lot of Division One basketball, think conference tournament for these small schools, you know, when they have them, like those the, – the – the best team doesn't always win the Valley tournament. You know, you get to that, get to that game, things happen. Mm-hmm. And this is that automatic bid. Um, you know, the, the teams, you know, West High in the past, they made it 10 years in a row, you know, so they won that thing 10 straight times. Um, the Waukees, the Cedar Falls. Yeah. The better team usually wins, but, but you get, I think that game is more stressful for coaches and players. I've said this for years than, than the state tournament. That's, that's the, where the pressure lies. So, my thing when I look at draw is it's not necessarily who you have to beat to go to state. It's who you have to beat to get into that position. If that makes sense, you know, to get to that game. Cause that game is, if you're playing in the final 16 in a sub-state final, all of those teams are good. You, you're going to have to beat somebody good. I don't care if you're 20 and 0 and you have the number one seed. So in that sub Rob, I think West got about as good of a draw as it, as it could have asked for. So is it going to have to play Johnston in the first game? Is that how you look at this? How does this well, break out? John, with, with the 16 brackets, Johnston will have a bye. Okay. And, and the, so the top two teams, which, which right now, and that's kind of what I sent you, right now the conversation there is, is Kennedy and Atumwa, I would assume, for the, for the second seed. Um, but the way I they, look at it – When do they match them up so you know who plays who? I believe – and I had that date, and I um, – I don't I, – I did this last week, too. I write this <laughs> – I seriously okay. write this stuff down. But I think it's because uh, the postseason starts for 1A and 2A um, on the 15th, and then it's the next Monday um, for, for the bigger classes. So, 20, so February 22nd. 
Yeah, so we probably have like a week, okay. um, maybe more for the bigger classes before they, um, you know, before they see them. But without going too much into that, because a lot of stuff can change, you're basically looking at those four teams that are going to play each other in, you know, what amounts to the quarterfinals in 4A is West High, Linmar, Prairie, and, and, you know, either Kennedy or Tumla. So there's five teams basically – um, the top, the top two teams, the the top two teams get buys. But you know um, Johnston's going to get a buy, so then it right, comes down yes, to yes. whether a Tumwin Kennedy or yep. Kennedy most likely gets the buy. Right, and my and thing is, determine you know, who West High plays probably. Yep, yep. And my thing is, you know, just based on uh, based on what I said before, it, you're West High and you're sitting at two and three, um, or two and four now after last night. You know, you. That's my thing about good draw, bad draw. Just in my opinion, yeah. I mean, you're two and four. Like you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a two seed. You know, I mean, but just looking at where they're at, can or they lost they lost to Linmar by two on the road, I believe. Um, Prairie's one of those teams that that they that's in that mix. I mean, they can they can beat Prairie. Um, Kennedy's a tough matchup because of their size. West High has some size. You know, I mean, they're not. Very few high school teams are going to match the the length that Kennedy has, but West High has a better opportunity to do that than than say it like a City High, who who I watch them really have trouble with that. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for them as far as getting a first round game they can win, and then the other thing I like about that um, draw for for West is there's no clear cut, there's no number two seed that really really scares you if that makes sense. No. Could Kennedy beat them? Sure. Could Atumbo beat them? Sure. Those are very good teams. Like I said at the start of this, I'm not trying to run anybody down when I say things like that. But there's not – you look at some of these other ones and there's, you know, two top 10 teams as your – or two top 12 teams as your clear one and two, you know. Mm-hmm. And this – I mean, you just look at a couple of these, North Scott and Hempstead together, um, you know, Centennial, Ames, Hoover together, Southeast Polk. In Council Bluffs, Lincoln together, Waukee, Norwalk, Ankeny, you know, Valley, Lewis Central. So I think they have a good chance. I think they got as good of a draw as they could have hoped to get to a sub-state final. I mean, that's it. You know, I really do. I mean, that's – you got to go win games, though. Um, And they've they've lost a lot of close games. Now, I watched them on Saturday. They looked good offensively. They made shots. They struggled defensively. Um, And that's really weird to say about a, you know, Steve Bergman coach team. Um, I think they have – I don't think this is going to be at the end of the year, Rob, when they play more, if they're able to continue playing. I don't think we're going to say he's one of the best defensive teams Birdie's ever had. But mm-hmm. with his ability to coach defense and some of the athletes they have, um, and Pete Moe's playing really well, I think they have the ability to improve a lot defensively. So, yeah, I mean, you, like we mentioned, there's, four, there's five teams for those four spots, assuming that Johnson's the one. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you're trying to get to that game against Johnson and give yourself a chance to, to play the state tournament again, you know, they've made it 10 years in a row. So overall, I think, I think they got a pretty good draw in that regard. Johnson's very good. Again, they're a little bit in that West high category where they've played five games. Right. So, uh, slip down to, um, sub state four, Ryan, where city high resides. Um, they've, had a tough go here with what they were shut down, played one game and now they're shut down again. So kind of have to wait and see when they get back in action and, and what that looks like. But 
Um, this is one of those substates where you look at, you know, Cedar Falls, and that looks like a clear cut number one seed. And then right. everybody else is in this group is probably hoping to knock to upset Cedar Falls. And I saw, I think I, no, I saw Jefferson against Liberty. I thought I was, I was thinking it was Cedar Rapids Wash, but I haven't seen Wash play, but uh, usually a pretty solid program. So this is, I'll be honest with you, this is a tough draw. And the reason I say that is there's kind of the opposite of what I said. There's, there's, there's a clear cut, at least right now, there's a clear cut to, you know, Cedar Falls and Wash. And I haven't seen Wash. They're much improved. Um, you know, they lost last night, but they're a good team. But the biggest thing for me is with this grouping, the thing that stands out, and, and I kind of, again, I kind of wrote just observations. The thing that stands out here, Rob, is as I thought about this pod and how I wanted to, you know, wrote my notes down, this reminded me a lot of football, where before the football, you know, before the football playoff comes out, me and you had talked on the pod or just talked to games. And the way I always look at it in football is you want to avoid this team. There's not always a team like that. I don't know that there's a team in 3A that I'm like, yeah, you don't want to play that. You know, and we talk, but we talked about this a lot in football. You, in, in this year in 4A basketball, you don't want to play Waukee and you don't want to play Cedar Falls. I mean, right now, if we're talking about it, I think most people in the state would say, you know, they'd be cool with a Waukee Cedar Falls state championship game. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not making predictions. I think as we sit right now, season ends right now, those are your two best teams. In, in Johnston, in fact, which we were just talking about, you know, beat Waukee. But as you know, from as much as you f- follow recruiting and everything, they're, they're loaded with talent, Waukee is. And yeah. Peter Falls has been in the semifinals, you know, three straight years and, and won it, you know, back-to-back years before going to the semis last year. And they just – they have a great program. They have really, really good coaching staff. And they have, they have a ton of talent, too. I mean, they have a 6'4 point guard. They've got size. Um, they've got size at guard. Landon Wolf's really good. Trey Campbell, their point guard's really good. They have a 6'9 kid that's very good. They're just kind of a complete high school team, and they're playing really well. So, truthfully, tough draw. You don't want to be in with Cedar Falls. And somebody on this side of the state was going to be in that city high. Um, but the thing that I think is tough about it – this comes down to the seeding. They're two and three right now. They need to play some games, not, not just for seeding. We've talked about this all along. Hopefully they can just play games. These kids have opportunities to play games. But, you know, what makes it tough for them right now is them and Cedar Rapids Jefferson is probably the two, the two lowest seeds in that. You're going to have to go to Waterloo, you know, either to east or west to play your first game. And, and that's part of it too. Anyway, if we seeded this thing right now, I don't know which of those two it would be. I don't know what Waterloo West and Waterloo East have done against each other this year. I think Waterloo West is a little bit better, but that's a little bit different than going to, than being, you know, city high and having to go to, to Prairie or something, you know, you get on a bus, you go to Waterloo, it just gets tougher. And those are both tough places to play East and West. I've played at both those places. So, um, so I, I, city got a tough draw. And again, you know, not being harsh on city here, but it's hard when you've played, you know, they're two and three because, I've said this since the opening game. I think they're pretty good, Rob. I really do. Uh, I think they have a nice team. But if you're the state, what do, what do you do with a team that's, you know, that's two and three? It's, it's tough to and, – and, you know, and then they kind of get, get put in this put in this bracket or this bracket with a team that, that you basically want to avoid. So I think it's a tough draw for City. And that's not to say that 
I mean, I know they can beat – you know, you have three teams in there that you know you can beat in a Cedar Rapids-Washington team that's not, you know, not unbeatable by any means. But I think it's, it's a tough road. You're going to have you're going to have road games, and you have maybe the best team in the state waiting as the one seed. It's interesting. City High hasn't played, which is weird because it's a it's an MVC heavy substate. They've not played any of the teams in the substate yet. Right, and that was the first thing I noticed. Is, <laughs> you know, there's some MVC flavor with both them and West. So you look, and what when these came out, you know, West had played Linmar. They were supposed to play Prairie on Saturday, which Prairie was paused. So I looked at cities right away, just kind of as one of my op, or excuse me. Yeah, cities it's substate four, and I'm like, well, I'll see how they've done against Wash, Jeff. It's because it's all NBC teams. They haven't played any of them. But it, but again, you've played five games, right. you know, and that's what's hard. They they played a non-conference game early. Um, you know, it's just it's it's tough. Um, it it, it real and we keep saying that, but and and again, I want to reiterate, you know, they need to play games, not just so we can see things better or whatever, but you know you have kids that are seniors on that team, just all the kids, like you don't, you don't want to play five games your senior year. So hopefully they can get out and get some games in before the, before. And like I said, they still have, um, I think the postseason starts the 22nd and it's tough, but and we can transition to this later, but had a really good conversation with Jason Kern at West Branch last night and they were shut down for three weeks and it was basically, you know, conversation with his kids and it was kind of the same thing. It's like, guys, we can, we'll do everything we can as a coach and and, you know, he really praised their administration and the conference getting these games in. But it's like, if we're going to play them, we, got, we, we have one option, and that's to play a bunch of games in not very much time. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of like, get yourself ready to go and we'll do it. But, you know, no, no, no excuses. And right. they've embraced it. So Let's look at uh, for a sub-state six, Ryan. Um, Liberty High, another team that's had to deal with uh, pauses this season, uh, five and one. Um, you see that as uh, as a program that's going to get one of the buys in the substate. It looks like uh, how you have this set up, but again, just uneven amount of games from it. You know, it's hard to say how this thing's going to shake out, but. Um, for me, just not knowing as much as you do, this looks like a pretty good draw. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I th- this is the most interesting one to me of the of our area um, for a subs. And I think it's probably the best draw for our area teams. And, again, when I say that, they're five and one. The other teams are two and three, two and four. So, of, of course, there's, you know, in the mind, when these were set up, they were – destined or, or put into a position to have a higher seat. You have to understand that. But I they're in it's 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 them in the Mac. I mean they're with um Rob, do you have it in front? It's Pleasant Valley and North it would be in my estimation the next two Davenport North and then it's Pleasant Valley Burlington, North Burlington Bettendorf Davenport Central. Yeah and the and the Mac's been good. Uh I'm not you know I'm not slighting the Mac. I think I don't think there's much, that much of a difference between these conferences but um I like for them I think Liberty has – I think for them, the first thing that stood out to me is I think they have a little bit of an element where these teams haven't seen them, mm-hmm. right, because they're new. And I, I think that's an advantage to them a little bit. Um, especially in basketball, you know this. You know how well these teams scout anymore. I mean, you get to this point, and Pleasant Valley's probably watched every – now, 
every Liberty game this year is only six. But <laughs> teams are going back and watch. I mean, and that's the thing is teams know what West High is going to do. Now, nobody's beat them in a sub-state final for 10 years, Rob. So it hasn't mattered. Mm-hmm. But you have longevity in coaching staffs. You know, you, you change some things. And West has had great talent. But I think Liberty's a tough prep this year. A lot of these teams haven't seen them. You know, obviously, just because they're new, you only play so many non-conference games. I think Central Davenport Central's in there, and I think maybe they've played Davenport Central in the postseason. If I'm, for some reason, I have that in my mind, but maybe they haven't. Um, but I'm pretty sure they haven't played any of these other teams. You have a, a kind of a new coaching staff with Ryan Kelly and, and Stu Ordman sharing the head coaching duties. They're playing a little bit different this year. I've only seen them a couple of times, but they're more up tempo. Um, you know, obviously you still have, you know, Coach Ordman's still there and he's still a huge part of the program, but I think there's maybe some new wrinkles this year. I think that kind of element of surprise, if you will, is good for them rather than being with five MVC schools, which mm-hmm. just based on geography is very possible. Clearly at five and one, and, and they've been ranked in the Associated Press poll for the last couple of weeks, you wouldn't think, I would have been shocked if they would have been with like a Cedar Falls, but you, you could have seen them, you know, landing in one of those with, you know, with a, a Washington as a potential two seed or a Kennedy or some of those teams. Um, so I don't know a ton about really getting into what Pleasant Valley is. You're 12 and three in that league. You're obviously a very good team. Um, and then Davenport North um, was a state tournament team last year and, and, and really was impressive to me. They bring a lot back. Um, they have a couple of really good guards, the Quincy Wiseman and, and Jaden Houston. Um, so I really like I, I've I've seen them more because I, I watched their game at state last year and they had a really good opportunity to miss a three pointer at the buzzer to to upset uh, Centennial who is the number one seed and a lot of those guys come back so I really like their team I, but again you know they're sitting there I think they're seven and five so as far as draws who's the one seed here I don't know there's still time for that to shake out too you know Liberty gets back on the court can probably play themselves into that. You know, Pleasant Valley can probably play themselves into that. I don't know. But in this one, I think that's the big, I think that's a huge thing, you know, is, is who's the one, who's the one here? Because if you're the other three teams right now, Rob, outside, you look at the top three and then you look at the bottom three. Yeah. Liberty's, Liberty's really good. Pleasant Valley's good. Davenport North, I think is good. I think those are all teams that can, they can play – you take the top three off anybody else, you know, any of these other ones. Again, like I said, full disclosure, I think Cedar Falls and Waukee are a little bit ahead of everybody else. But those three teams, if any of those te- – if I'm watching any of those teams at the state tournament, like I'm not, I'm not surprised. They're going to fit in. Then you look at the bottom of it, it's Burlington's 5-10, and 10, Bettendorf's 2-6, and six, Davenport Central's 1-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well – one of those top two teams is going to get north in the semifinal. Right. If, yeah. if that's if, – you know, assuming that – now this – I say that – I shouldn't say it like that, but I'll, you, you get what I'm saying. One team in that top three is going to have to play one of the other teams in the top three in, in a semifinal, mm-hmm. and the other one's not. Yep. So that to me is the whole, is, is the whole thing on that sub, and that's the way my mind works is who has more tough games. So um, – opportunity out there for Liberty again same as City High same as West they want to get back on the court they want to play um and I was trying to look at their schedule Rob and I couldn't get my internet to work but um 
they're they're going to have some they're going to have some big opportunity basically in the next when, when they get back on the court to play themselves into a one. I I think if you see that right now, I think they're the one. Yeah, it looks but, like uh, Friday the twelfth is when they're scheduled to be back, uh, and that's Cedar Rapids, Washington, and then uh, that one's at home, and then on Tuesday the sixteenth uh, at Kennedy. So that's a perfect. I I I hadn't seen that, but. You put those two feathers in your cap, you know, two teams with, with winning records that are probably, you know, two, maybe a two and maybe a three, or maybe a two and maybe a two seed in their respective subs. You know, that's a really good feather to have. Now, I haven't looked super closely at Pleasant Valley. I'll admit that. Um, but we'll just, we can just leave it at this. The thing we talked from the opening, Rob, how, what, what is 12 and three versus five and one? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's the world that we live in. And, and hopefully those guys take a look at – everybody takes a look at you know, who they've beat and everything. Because you know, the one loss for, for Liberty is against Cedar Falls, you know. So – and they've got some uh, – they beat Prairie um, a couple times. So, anyway, they're it's, – it's tough. But I, I think if you see that now they're the one, um, and, and that would be huge in that sub. And to your point, I think it's a good segue, Ryan, to drop down into Class 3A, Substate 4. You touched on this earlier. Monticello, 14-0. Solon, 14-1. And then Central DeWitt at 7-7. Seven and seven, But it's apples and oranges when you're looking at the schedules that they play. These are so hard. I mean, these are so hard, I almost don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, it, it truly is like that type of thing. These 3As are just – and I mean – so, full disclosure again, everybody. I'll give you my on. I see. I saw these, and I was like, "Wow, that's a pretty tough draw for Solon," because instantly in these, I look at the semis, and I one A, two A, three A. There's you know sixty, seventy school, whatever there is. There's a lot of schools. You get to the finals of these things every year. You're going to play a really good team. I mean, that's there's teams that are that I watch all year that I think are state tournament teams every year that lose and you know that lose in district finals. It's hard. It's extremely hard with four classes. So you know you see fourteen and 0, 14 and one now fifteen and one for so long when this came out. But I always look at the semis and I'm like, man, they're going to get West Delaware again, or who who they, who's played them to two points, and then I think that was like a two-point game at halftime a week or so ago when Solon played him and ended up winning by double figures. Or Central DeWitt, you know, who, who beat him in, in the semifinal. And then you look at – so I'm like, wow, that's a really tough draw. And then you look at the other ones around them, the other sub the other substates around them, and if substate three has Western Dubuque, who's 11-2 and two, playing in the Mississippi Valley. Again, that's another one of those ones that plays – predominantly four A schools. Decor is 12 and four, Crestwood's nine and four. And then you have Wallert sitting there who's, right. you know, Wallert and Xavier for years came into the 3A state tournament around 500, you know, mm-hmm. 14 and 10 or whatever, 14 and seven, and then, and then played in the finals. And those teams were loaded, obviously. Right. Um, the Cordell Pemsel, Wallert teams and stuff. But I've seen Wallert enough over the past couple of years to know that they're really good. Uh, and they're a potential four seed in that sub-district three. And sub-district five is the same thing. I mean, you've got Mount Vernon, Assumption, who, you know, when they have a Marion Ellis, who's a Texas signee, they're, 
maybe the team to beat in 3A. I don't know. He's, he's missed some games, but I think presumed back for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then you go all the way down in that one to, to Marion as maybe the four or five seed in that one. You know, Marion just beat Clear Creek last night, um, played Solon to a point. So that's the thing about 3A is these, these you're going to play two games that are just battles, Rob. You, you, I mean, you're, these are 18 brackets. You're going to play a, you're going to play a, a semifinal that's just going to be a battle, and then you're going to have a really tough regional final. That's just – that's what it is. And that's – I mean, if you, if you want to look around and say maybe this one's a little bit tougher than this one, I'll hear you out. But for the most part, you look at these one through three, one through four, um, they're really good. They're really good, and it's just really hard to win these. But I think Solon – like I said, I think Solon got a pretty good draw just as when you look at Eastern Iowa. My opinion, I, want, I would want nothing to do with Western Dubuque um, based on the MVC coaches that I've talked to and what they've told me about them. As a 3A program, I want nothing to do with them. Um, they've got a good guard. They've got a 6'6 kid that's very good, and, and they're just they're playing. And, again, let me say, too, when we, as we talk about the classes, Marion beat Kennedy. Um, you know, Kennedy just played somebody the other night, a 3A team, and played them really – it happens all – I'm not saying these teams, you know, a 3A team can't beat a 4A team. It happens. My thing is, you know, more, more consistently throughout the season, you play teams in, in the Valley or the MAC that are capable of beating you. You have very few nights off in those 4A leagues where, where somebody can't um, step up and bite you. So those teams are battle-tested, but – now you uh, look I at think, it, and you, uh, I think the uh, good illustration here is Solon's one loss is to a team in this sub-state who's 500. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and you look at them, and you look at how many close games they've played against Mac. To, you know, I mean, they've, they're, they're playing – they have a battle every night, Rob. It, right. The Wamac's very good, too. And you look at the number – I mean, Solon just won a game 38-36 last night against a really good Beckman team. Right. So I'm not saying that they're get, you know these other three A teams are getting nights off all the time, but man, the MAC, the MVC, it's just yeah. I mean, you, you we were just talking about Davenport Central or excuse me, Davenport North. They're seven and five. That record's not going to blow you away, man. They, they're really good. Yeah. I mean, they've got their backcourt is really talented. So um, even even Burlington, I mentioned them in that sub is. Oh, you know, they're five and ten. I watched them play West High. They've they've got some pieces. They've got yeah. some talented guys. They, you know, uh Clear Creek played them. You know, I think that was a six, eight point game a week or so ago. So, but getting back to Solon, their district, Rob, has every element of what makes 3A, in my opinion, one of the hardest to uh, every year, regardless of pandemic or, or playing equal games, one of the hardest to separate into assignments and one of the hardest to see. It. How, how do you compare Monticello to Central DeWitt? I, I don't know. Looking at that one, as I sent it to you, I, I, I still think that one, who's the one between Solon and Monticello? You know, if, if we stop playing, if, if we're going to start playing this thing tomorrow, I don't know. I really don't. Um, I haven't looked all that closely at Monticello, although I know, you know, being in the RVC, I know who they've played. They haven't played West Branch yet. Um, and, and West Branch is a good, obviously a good team. That's why... Rob and I were both disappointed that we didn't get the West Branch Solon game. That would have been a great one to have too now that they're in the same sub mm-hmm. to kind of compare and see how they do. But I've seen both those teams this year. Uh, they're both good. They're both, they're, they're pretty even. Uh, anyway, 
I don't know. I, I would say maybe Solon has played a slightly tougher schedule at this point. Um, you give them the one, Monticello the two. But then you look at it, if I'm Solon, I'd probably rather play uh, Western Dubuque. Or excuse me, I don't want to play Western Dubuque, West Delaware. But at the same time, do you want to play a team three times? Right. You know, you, you can kind of throw out that DeWitt game. As, as you know, that was the first game of the year, et cetera, et cetera. But I think overall, again, pretty good draw for Solon um, in the fact that you're going to – and they earn this. They should be at home, uh, you know, in that the sub-state finals at, at uh, neutral sites. But they've given themselves the chance to play at home and given themselves the chance to play, you know, you're going to play two good teams. but get in and I, my analysis is bad on this Rob I'll be honest but I said it in the start I don't know where else you want to go I mean you go up and down and I sent you all the records for all these 3A ones you you can say maybe you think this one's a little bit better I think this is a pretty good draw for them Monticello is good um but I I don't think that they're as a one seed I don't think you got a one seed in here where sometimes you you would get a one seed in this class like in the past like in Norwalk or a Xavier or a um, Oskaloosa or something. I don't think there's anybody in here that you're like, oh, I really don't, you know, really wanted to stay away from them. I think this class is really balanced, um, one through 16. And I think you see that in these substates, which I think are spread out about as well as you could do. Substate six, Ryan, again, um, interesting angle here. Um, Pella's, uh, 13 and one, or at least, you know, most recent record that, that you had on this clear Creek 13 and two. Um, but then you look down this list and Grinnell's seven and eight, one of two, one of clear Creek's two losses are to a team that's seven and eight. This, this one is fast. Like the, <laughs> to be a fly in the wall in this. And, and I, I will, after the CD meeting, I will reach out to, to Brandon club at clear Creek, just, you know, just to kind of see what, the rationale, um, you know, and hopefully Brandon will talk to me off the record about what happened over in the seating meeting, but I'm fascinated by this one just because a lot of these teams are in the same conference. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look at the, the, the Pella, the Knoxville, the Grinnell, the Newton, kind of that, you know, central to Southern Iowa area. Geographically, a lot of these teams, several of them are in the same conference. The ones that aren't have, there's non-conference games against each other. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think somebody just played last night. I have this in my story um, that's, that's on the website, but one of the, there was a matchup of teams within this that played last night. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting. Again, Clear Creek lost to Marion last night. Um, if you're looking at it as we sit right now, I would say Pella's the one. Pella's always good. You know, they're highly ranked. Um, they've played a tough schedule. But Pella's the one, Clear Creek's the two. And then you're looking at the rest of it. But, again, why I think this one's so interesting is you look at Clear Creek, and they haven't played the toughest schedule in the Womack West this year, which isn't you know, no fault of their own. You can only play the games that you can play, and you can only win the games that you play. Um, you know, when you're in a conference, you're going to play those teams twice. And they've played them, and they've beat them all, and they beat them all, back, they beat them all soundly. Like, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. So, right. in high school, you can't really – I mean, even in college, you know, you're going to play the conference games that you're, that you're assigned. I don't want to hear – I don't want to hear people talking about Drake's strength of schedule. I'm fully on the Drake bandwagon, Rob, and have been for a while because they're fun to watch. But, again, I'm getting off top. What do you do? You know, pandemic year, they they can play the games they can play. So, right. anyway, 
I like I like that these teams are all different for Clear Creek. They were in that same situation last year, and I think it helped them. They played a lot of teams that they had, you know, that hadn't seen them. They avoided the Womack teams for years. They would always end up in an all almost all Womack sub, which is basically what Solon did, minus with Monticello thrown in. Clear um, Creek uh, beat Assumption last year, right? At the sub-state they final? They did. And again, I think, you know, the, the year before that, they were up at Xavier um, okay. with with Assumption and, and Xavier and those teams. But for years, they, they just always seemed to have – and again, several of those years when Xavier was really good, Clear Creek was in their sub. And like I said, I don't think Pell is good. I mean, I'm sure Pell is good. But I don't think there's a team in all of 3A this year that you're like, you know, we can't play them. Right. What's interesting to this one is just the seeding, Rob, because you know, Clear Creek, you're looking at 13-3. and three, You're like, hey, they're the two. Well, they lost to Grinnell, you know, who's 7-8. and eight. And then when you really start breaking this down, which, you know, if you're a Clear Creek fan, you've probably already done this. Grinnell's 7-8. and eight, They've lost to Newton twice. You know, Newton's in that same – in the same sub. They're 5-7. and seven. So, what – you know, how this thing shakes out, not just 1-2, and two, but all the way down to – because that matters too, as we talked about with some of these other ones, you know. How is your – if you drop in that – if you drop from the top two spots – and these are just 18 brackets. Rob, so you're looking at the bottom two teams in this. They're Centerville and Oskaloosa. They're three and ten and one and twelve. Okay, so the top two teams, the top two seeds, you know, are going to have games against teams with a handful of wins. Well, whoever's the three is going to potentially have a team like Newton that's five and seven with a couple wins over Grinnell. So the level of difficulty goes up significantly if you go uh, from a two to a three in that sub, which it does in a lot of subs. But you know, we mentioned the 4A one that was kind of split between three teams that appear to be pretty even and three teams that appear to not be pretty even. So that seeding meeting with the number of crossover games, with the number of head-to-head games that there are with, you know, Clear Creek playing Grinnell in a non-conference game, et cetera, that seeding meeting is going to be really interesting. I, I, I gave you my list how I would do it now, but, you know, when I sent you that, actually, you know, Clear Creek hadn't played Marion yet. And they lost last night. Um, they Clear Creek does have a game coming up with Washington. They play Washington in a non-conference game. Um, you know who's who? I think I have pegged as third or fourth in that one, so that could be a good one for them seeding-wise. And then also, um, Clear Creek added the game with Western Dubuque, so that's that. You know, old Walmack school. Um, obviously, they're really good, and you look at that as a major opportunity. I mean, if they if they win that one, I I don't know. Pell is going to have to lose for them to not be the one seed in this, in my opinion. Um, probably lose a couple games. They have a really good resume. But, I mean, if you beat Western Dubuque and you have that on your resume and you're Clear Creek and you have 16, 17 wins, because they still have quite a few games left, Rob. So, like, like all these teams, you know, they can play themselves up, they can play themselves down, but this is one of the, the most interesting of all three. This is one of the most interesting um, sub-states to me, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I think there could be some – I think there could be a couple of good quarterfinals, um, you know, first round games. And I think there could be, I think both semifinals will be dynamite. So interesting. So down the two a Ryan, and uh, we'll go to district eight. Now you got to win your district to get to the sub state. As we explained earlier in this podcast, um, West branch is in district eight uh, with Northeast 
Anamosa, Bellevue, Cascade, and Tipton, uh, some teams it's familiar with, and uh, looks like a good draw. Yeah, I, I think it is. And we, I mentioned the familiarity aspect of it, which, you know, some coaches see it as a positive, some see it as a negative. You know, sports writers, whatever, you can look at it how you want. I think this is a good one for them as far as they know these teams, but it's, it's mostly North Division teams. So these aren't teams that they're seeing, it, it, you know, cliche of beating a team three, time or, three times or not. It's tough when you're, you know, for, for a team like West Branch, if you get um, a bunch – like they play Tipton twice every year. So they mm-hmm. see them all the time. And the rest – but other than that, the rest of these teams are North Division teams where they see Cascade once a year, they see Bellevue once a year, Anamosa once a year, Northeast once a year. Um, and then it doesn't – they're going to – they should be the one seed in this, you know, barring – I mean, I don't see any way that they're not. Um, Northeast played them to four points early in the season. Anamosa is a pretty good team. They played them to single digits, I believe, uh, in December. The big thing for me, Rob, doesn't have anything to do with the seeding as far as their district. The other side of that, that regional fi- – or that sub-state final sets up to be a great game. Uh, we don't have to break down the other side. It's not area teams, but – the top of that, Dyersville, Beckman, Wakan, North Fayette Valley. Again, that's one where who's the one and who's the two and three because somebody's going to have a heck of a semifinal just to get to that final. But um, Beckman beat Wakan, you know, has the worst record, but plays in a predominantly 3A league. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that side. Obviously, if it, that's District 7 if you're a West Branch fan because that's a really – I think that's a really good 2A district. Um, but – Getting back to West Branch, the biggest thing for them is I think they maybe got a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's not so much in disguise with um, with losing that game to Wilton on Monday night. Wilton hit a three with about four seconds left to beat them by one. And that was – they beat Wilton by 21 at home on Friday. And just the way this you know, pandemic schedules worked for West Branch, they play Wilton at home on Friday, beat them by 21, come back on Monday and play them over there. And the, Wil- or the West Branch coaches and kids I talked to last night were really – I mean, they're complimentary. They're like, hey, you know, they beat us, uh, you know. And, but I think that came at a perfect time, Rob, for them playing a sub-state full of teams that they've already played from their conference, many of which they beat fairly handily. It, just to, to actually – coaches say it all the time, right? Hey, this team can beat us. Just we beat them one time, they, they saw it now. They saw what happens. You know, I mean, if you're not 100% ready to go against these teams that are fully capable of beating them. So I think that came at a good time. They get a little bit of rest now, and then, um, and then have Mid Prairie on Friday, which is a which is a tough game. And then they have Monticello looming out there, and a couple other games. Regina uh, twice back to back nights. But again, their schedule's been goofy, and we were kind of joking about it. they play five and six games, and then they have the back to backs with Regina. But they're set up well uh, for the postseason as far as their team, Rob, but also their draw. Um, I think that's a really good draw. Again, they've given themselves the opportunity to play at home, which is big for them. They seem to play really well at home. And then you get to the other side, and, and it's a battle. I, I'll be, I will be watching that the other side of that one just out of curiosity. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's Beckman and Wakan. Um, and, and just as a – we can talk more about this later. We'll maybe break – we'll do a pod later and break down district finals if we get there or something. But that, when I get more into these teams, I did look at Wakan on paper briefly a week or so ago when these first came out. And I'll tell you this, it's a lot of names, key names that I recognized from their football team 
that won the two A state championship. And I have no idea how those guys aren't basketball. They had good stats, a couple of them, but they they had some physically imposing kids on that football team um, for school that size. I mean, re- just really impressive looking kids up close as far as size and athletic ability. So I think that would, if it would be them, I think that would present an opportunity that, um, or a challenge that West Branch hasn't seen that, that much this year, just in terms of physicality and, and size of kids. I mean, they had some big kids, Rob. And f- from our perspective, Ryan, um, West Branch and Regina have, are broken up, so they'll play twice, but won't meet in. Uh, they won't meet in the postseason unless it's at state. And uh, you mentioned that with the Iowa City schools being split, I like it because it's so hard. And you know, it's so hard yeah. when our teams play each other in the postseason, and you know that one of your teams is mm-hmm. is going home. I mean, you, these come out and, and we see it, and I'm like, all right, let's get seven teams to state. Like that would be awesome. You know, that would be awesome. I, I know right. that's rarely going to happen or never it has never happened but I want all of our teams to do well so it's tough when they play each other but at the same time I want to see all seven of these games so when they are in the same sub district sometimes I'm happy because it's like they'll play the subs um you know in two way they'll play them at one place and you can watch that's happened to me before where I can watch both my area teams um you know in a double header or if they play each other you can you know you can see two teams at once so it's hard because we're not going to have any of that Last year, Solon and Clear Creek were at the same. Solon was at Clear Creek uh, for that 3A sub, so we were able to do that. And now we're going to have to get creative as far as seeing as many of these games as we can. But, um, yeah, hey, they're – You look at this district, Ryan, you got – you know, it looks like you've got Comanche and Mid-Prairie kind of as those top two seeds. Um, Regina has played Comanche, uh, did not go well for them. And then you also have – Wilton, who you talked about, who knocked off West Branch, and then Durant and West Liberty in this in this District Nine of Two A. Yeah, they've you know Regina. They're kind of the opposite of what I said with West Branch. These are all teams that they're going to end up seeing twice this year, except for Comanche. Right. So I mean, they're going to all these people are going to be. There's going to be a lot of coaches talking about how hard it is to beat a team two or three times. I'll tell you that much. I mean that that conversation is going to happen a lot for these people, but positive. It's a tough draw for Regina. But again, as we talked about a little bit with West high, um, you know, you, they're six and seven, you know? So I think as far as where their land, where their record puts them, Rob, I think they're in a pretty good spot because I think they're going to be the three. They, they've lost, they lost to Wilton. Um, and I believe they've beat that. I, I think they've already played them twice. You can double check that for me maybe, but um Go ahead and talk. Uh, they have but, one. Look, yeah, they beat Wilton sixty-two to forty-eight, um, and then lost to Wilton fifty-one to thirty-seven. Yeah, they lost to Wilton without Ashton Cook. Um, and again, what types of things come up in this in the seating meeting? I don't know. I would assume that when you're missing, maybe one of the best, not maybe one of the best players in the league, maybe the best player in the league, that that obviously comes up. I think they're the three seed, which is what which is why I said I think they actually got a pretty good draw for what they're – they're about 500. They've been about 500 all year. Um, they actually played a pretty dang good Mount Pleasant team, really, really tough – 3A Mount Pleasant team, really tough last night. Um, as the three, you know, probably see Mid-Prairie again, which, as you said, was, was not – did not go well the first time. Um, 
but I, the, they're in a situation where they're going to have an opening round game that they should win. And then they have teams that they're familiar with, um, I guess. So I think very, very similar to what I said about West with what your record is and where you're, because you can be about 500 and, and be, be on that four or five line. Rob, it's a little bit like the NCAA tournament. And mm-hmm. I definitely think they're solidly going to be on a three line. Um, so I think they got as good of a draw as they could have asked for. Uh, and I don't know anything about the other side, really. Um, we can worry seen, about that. You've seen Mid Prairie play this year, right? I have. They have a nice team. So, and I they, mean, you could conceivably, if Comanche gets the top seed there, you could see Regina potentially playing Mid Prairie in that second game. Yeah, and, and that was one that got – uh, Regina Mid Prairie Part Two was, I believe, the one that was that was snowed out. So that's the other thing that, as I've talked to coaches, <laughs> coaches this week, they're like, "Hey," because we had so many teams that were for you know West Branch, Regina, the Iowa City Publics that have had to pause for a while, yeah. and then a lot of them were all, just the way it happened. A lot of them were right on schedule to get back. Uh, I think Regina had been back for one game. West Branch was scheduled to be back, and then we had the snowstorm last week. So. I, I'm looking at my weekly schedule right now. I don't think has, anybody has anything scheduled for tomorrow because, as Rob alluded to at the start of this, I don't – the way it sounds right now, I would be hard-pressed to see anything happening tomorrow. Regina girls are supposed to go to Tipton, but tomorrow sounds like another uh, real mess of a day weather-wise. So that's, I heard, that's Thursday. Uh, I heard blizzard conditions. When you hear yeah. blizzard conditions, that's not good, especially for travel. My wife and I had a, had a nice, um, you know, one of those husband-wife conversations that makes no, makes no matter, just debates of like, I go, give me 10 inches of wet snow and just let it, kind of like the first snow we had in December. That wasn't wet snow, but give me eight, 10 inches of snow where it just comes down. I watch it fall straight down. Give me that over four inches of snow with potentially, you know, some ice beforehand. Like t- tomorrow's storm is just, from when I watched the weather this morning, it's like, my nightmare of winter storms. Hey, it's going to be some freezing rain to start with. So everything gets really slick. And then we're going to get like three or four inches of snow. And then the wind's going to blow 50 miles an hour. And I'm like, uh, give me a foot and a half of like lightly falling fluffy snow. And I'll gladly shovel that off my driveway before I deal with tomorrow. But we're being positive, Rob. Um, quickly back to Regina. I, I think you're, I mean, I think you're right on with the seating. If you say, you know, command just, I don't want to say locked up. Nobody's locked anything up right now. There's plenty of games to be played, but you put Comanche in, in the one spot and Regina mid Prairie are going to close the season together uh, or against one another on the 13th. It looks like it on a, on a, on a Saturday at 1 PM. So you could potentially be playing them, you know, for a yes. second time. It's in scheduled a week or so. Yeah. Right? We scheduled. say it is scheduled to be played. Yeah. I, I emailed a couple athletic directors about schedules this week, just trying to make sure and giving them a heads up that I'm going to be there as everybody does their, their, you know, these schools are still doing their mitigation efforts and, and mm-hmm. doing wristbands and everything. And I've been starting to include it even in my emails to these athletic directors. I plan to attend and a couple of them were giving me a hard time. And I'm like, man, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, this afternoon, let alone, you know, two, three days from now, but um, Rob, that kind of wraps it up. For boys, um, I you know, girls, ever, girls fans, uh, girls' parents out tomorrow for 1A, 2A, and 3A. 
uh, new rankings out from the state and then we'll get a look at I mean, then that's that's the full go. That's not just assignments or whatever. Like we'll know who you're playing and where uh, sometime tomorrow afternoon. So Rob and I can talk if it's snowy, maybe sometime Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know. Maybe early next week. Maybe we get together and do a short one of these where we talk about those first three classes of girls. Um, and you'll definitely have uh, you'll have those thing those pairings and matchups up on yourprepsports.com. Yep. Yeah, and I'm going to write something like I did for the boys where I kind of give my just my observations. Um, maybe a little analysis, but just kind of, you know, the things that pop out of my mind about, you know, what I see, my, my initial reaction from those. Um, Solon girls lost a tough one last night to Beckman. They were up big in, in the first half and then cut like a 10-point lead to two or three with about a minute left, but, but lost that one. I still think they've put themselves in a position to play a couple home games and be a one or two seed uh, in 3A, Rob, and then West Branch girls are – are uh i don't know for my money makokita valley is very good um there's some other good teams in 2a Nottaway valley is good i west branch might be the best team in in 2a um for my money they probably are they just i they've they've got what you're looking they did not play very well last night against a good west liberty team rob a really athletic west liberty team um they a, west a rank a ranked west liberty team right yeah top 10 they're seventh yeah. And, sh- and should be. I was very impressed with them. Uh, neither team shot it well, and it was still a good game. But West Liberty – or West Branch, excuse me, just – Sasha Koenig can take over, which she did last night, but they've got enough kids. You know, they had one of their better players not make a shot last night. Um, you know, I think their second – their third and fourth leading scorers that both averaged 10 combined for two, and they beat a number seven team. Um, they're good. They have, they're, they have balance. Um, but – they're playing well. They've certainly given themselves a chance to play it or, or should play at home all the way until um, a regional final. Um, and then we'll see where Regina goes because I, you know, they got back on track and I think they can be a team that can, um, you know, push towards a regional final as well with, with the right draw um, depending on which, which direction they go. So I was impressed with them on Thursday. I know West branch pulled away and, and won that one, but West Branch got out to that big lead early, and Regina could have folded, and it didn't. I mean, it fought back and, and made that, you know, a decent, a respectable score at halftime and played tough. I mean, for a team that's been shut down a lot, I'm, you mentioned Sasha, Sasha Koenig. She's, she's a special player. If there's a better player in 2A, um, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, I, I agree with you on both counts there, Rob. Both, and that, man, that, that game was 12-2. Yeah. I think Rob or 12-0. I can't remember. I think it was 12-2. I was like, one of those at the beginning of that game, I'm sure you were thinking when I was like, this is going to be ugly. Yeah. And Regina recovered, man. Yeah. Regina had lost four in a row, maybe five in a row, four in a row coming into that. Hadn't had been shut down a couple times as far, you know, I had interruptions and you're going, man, this could be in partly because of what I just said, West Branch is that good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you're going, they hit some threes early. I'm going, this could be, this, the clock could run. Right. And Regina had it to 17-14 after one quarter and then had that thing at four. They hit a three and had it at four with about six minutes left. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. I really think West Branch is a state title contender for sure. And I don't mean go to state and, and you call them a contender because they're the four seed. And they, I mean, I think they can win that thing um, for sure. And that's why I, I truly believe I, I liked – Regina early, 
the, the last month has been hectic for them, month and a half. But they get the right draw, Rob. I think they're a regional final type team. Um, Mary Halverson is doing a really good job with them. And they, they've got some deficiencies like everybody else. But when they can get out and run, as they did in the middle quarters of that West Branch game and, and played in transition, um, Grace Gardy and Andy Gann, and they, they have some really good athletes that they give them a chance to, to be in games, but then just to make games hard for opponents. Um, I think there would be a really tough team to play against, if that makes sense. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they just present some challenges. A little bit like West Liberty, actually, which they have two games left with here in the next two weeks. So – they have a tough schedule the rest of the way, Rob. They have West Liberty twice, which is a 3A team, so it won't factor into the postseason, which is what we're talking about. But then they have another one with West Branch. So, um, but, it, yeah, I, I agree with you on both those. Yeah, we'll dig more into the girls' side, Ryan, as you said, once the pairings come out and we can kind of, you know, look at, look at and analyze the uh, potential paths for these schools to yeah. Des Moines. Um, so. I want to – I want to make sure I say on the girls' side, Rob, because I forgot. Um, really big win for Clear Creek last night at Marion. Uh, that's two in a row. I, I should look back and see if I can find the last team to win two in a row at Marion. <laughs> I mean, they, when they beat them last year to go to state, that was like their second home loss in like six or seven years. So it's been a long time since somebody won two in a row at Marion. Um, but – Really good win for them as far as, again, we're talk- the reason I wanted to bring that up is because what we're talking about today, we're talking about seeding, postseason, and all this stuff. That's, that's one of those, you know, you put that, you, you put that one on your resume for sure. Uh, Marion's been in and out of the rankings a little bit, but that's a name that's got some serious cachet in 4A girls basketball, and you, they won over there. So, and they're coming up on that stretch. They have two, Rob, which we talked about last week, where they have CPU and they have Benton, and mm-hmm. they have multiple games that they can throw into that mix. So, they're – they're going to be on that, you know, probably two seed line, but they're going to be on that line to give them home games to get an opportunity to play a game to go to state, just like they did last year. So um, that, that was a big win for them. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Huge win for them. Yeah, good point. And uh, as we talked about through most of this podcast with the potential of the boys to make runs in the postseason, I look forward to speaking about the girls because as we just discussed just briefly – you know, West Branch, Solon, Clear Creek, West High, City High, uh, even Regina. Um, it's there's there's potential there too for some special postseason runs. So it'll be interesting to see what those those matchups look like. Yeah, we didn't get into five eight girls at all today. Um, you know, City High and West High haven't been playing. They're top. I think uh, they're top ten teams. I think City High's dropped down to to twelve after they lost to Valley or eleven last week. But those are top ten teams. Uh, if they're able to get back on the court and get games and I, I'm, you know, they'll be, they'll be playing games to go to state, um, playing in regional finals, but well, Rob and I need to get busy and, and get some sort of a plan podcast wise that we can maybe, you know, roll out to you the next time that we're on the air, just as far as how we kind of want to approach this. Cause um, we have district swimming coming up this week, Rob, we have, um, uh, I'm blanking. We have district swimming meet this Saturday. Oh, and then, excuse me, sectional wrestling um, this Saturday, too, for the um, – for the we don't have 1A schools. For 2A – a, yeah, we do, 1A and 2A. God, it's a struggle, Rob. Let's get this thing over with. <laughs> no, um, we have sectional wrestling for Regina, West Branch, Solon. Um, and then next week, 
is district wrestling for everybody, um, for, for the big schools, for all the kids on the big schools, and then uh, for all the kids that qualify, you know, top two finishers at sectional. So we'll have to find a time to pod and, and talk wrestling, how we want to do that, or, or you know, and, and then talk girls basketball. And we'll throw a couple of these things together while we preview some stuff and then and, and find a way to look back at some stuff too. So. Yeah, I think the best thing to uh, to, to uh, throw out there for the listeners is we've been after football where we're doing two podcasts a week, we've kind of cut back to the one during right. the winter season. Now that we're getting towards the postseason, there's a we're going to podcast more frequently. Maybe Monday, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, whenever. So just keep an eye on uh, our our uh, podcast feed. Look at yourprepsports.com. We're going to have more podcasts for you uh, than we've had maybe in the last month, month and a half. Well said, Rob. Rob's, all right, Rob's Ryan. a lot more locked in than I am today. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. When that is, we're not sure. Uh, just keep an eye out. We'll throw it out on social media and on the website. So say goodbye, Ryan. Bye, everybody.